Welcome to Rental Equip Talk Radio with your host, Donald Charbonnet. This is the radio program designed for industry insiders, as well as anyone interested in getting into the rental equipment industry. Now, here is Donald Charbonnet. Hello, and welcome to Rental Equip Talk Radio. I'm your host, Donald Charbonnet, broadcasting from New Orleans today, January the 30th, 2019. A big thank you, as always, to all our listeners. Tell your friends and associates, the more the merrier. Remember, you can always listen on demand after the show, and as always, let me know if there's a certain guest or subject you'd like to have on the show, and I'll do my best to get them. We'll have some good ones coming up in the weeks to come, but especially today. Today, I have two special guests on the, on the show, two of the top executives from Big Rents. You've uh, recently seen an article of this uh, kind of unusual company in that they rent equipment, but not their own. It's a story of technology in the future. So first, I want to give you some bio on the two gentlemen who are with me. Uh, first is Scott Cannon. He's the CEO. Scott Cannon is an accomplished executive with over 20 years of experience, successfully developing high growth in mid-sized companies. In his role as CEO, Scott's responsible for, for strategic vision of the company, along with driving the day-to-day business operations. Prior to joining Big Rents, Scott held the title of CEO for MNX Global Logistics, during which term the company nearly tripled revenue prior to a successful private equity exit for the founding shareholders. He also currently serves on several venture and private equity-backed board advisory panels. Scott has a MBA, NBA in finance, was a former Division I football player, member of Sigma Alpha Epsilon fraternity, and currently resides in Southern California with his wife and five children. And we also have Keith Holmes. Keith is the Vice President of Operations for Big Rents. Keith leads and oversees all operational aspects of the business. In 2014, he joined Big Rents as a regional manager. We developed and worked closely with uh, their strategic partners on the East Coast of the United States. Over his last four years at Big Rents, Keith has played a key role in building out a network of strategic partners and driving operational efficiencies by streamlining processes that drive revenue growth and increase profitability. Keith has a BA in organizational communications from Azusa Pacific University and is currently working on his master's in psychology at Pepperdine University. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Donald. Thank you, Real Donald. pleasure to be here. Okay. So as we're doing this over the over the phone, I'm going to throw out some questions out there, and you may want to identify who, in fact, is answering them, uh, be it Scott or, or Keith. But uh, what I really want to do uh, to get rolling is to start off with the beginning of the company and just tell us about Big Rents and, and how it was found and where did the concept originate? This is Scott. I'll take that question. Um, Donald, thanks again for, for having us today. We're a real pleasure being with you and, and getting an opportunity to talk about Big Rents. The company was founded in 2012 with, uh, with four founders, and the idea was to gin up sales and marketing for local rental companies, uh, primarily using Google AdWords. Uh, great early growth. The uh, company did $2 million in its first year, $4 million in its second year, and jumped up to 10 by its third year. And it was led by an entrepreneur named Dallas Mbimbo. And Dallas is an incredible entrepreneur. And 
uh, raised uh, mezzanine financing from a local private equity company called St. Cloud in 2015 and brought to the company uh, some real talent from the industry and then uh, went out and got uh, a lot of people from Silicon Valley to come on board as well. And at that point, the company uh, didn't have uh, technology, very little automation, uh, heavy use of Google Docs, uh, shared spreadsheets. It was basically a, a phone bank uh, for, uh, for rental requests. But it wasn't all bad. At that point, we had already got up to about uh, 6,500 rental yards in our network, and we started to automate the business. By 2016, we launched three core software products that the company uses today to service our customers. And... Um, quickly and basically evolved from that point uh, to where we're at today. And, and today, uh, Big Rents is the largest rental equipment marketplace in the United States. We're a sole source supplier for all rental needs for our customers. We take the time, the hassle, and expenses associated with sourcing and tracking equipment away from our customers. Wow. That's, this is, I mean, what an opportunity. So, uh, Scott, let me ask you this. Uh, when did you actually join the company and what were the challenges and opportunities that, that you saw? Did you have any background in the rental industry at all? I had no background in the rental industry, but if you look at our network here today, it's very similar to what I did at MX. It was an asset light business that was used, had a big network of quality suppliers uh, to serve our customers' needs. Um, Dallas uh, and I were introduced uh, by St. Cloud Capital. St. Cloud Capital was a, a partner of mine in the MX. Uh, business and uh, they exited, had a very successful exit, did quite well. And uh, Dallas had been looking for an operator for a number of years. He's an incredible entrepreneur um, and he knew he needed an operator to basically give this business scale to grow and become very profitable. And I became, I, I joined uh, the advisory board in late 2016. And he talked me out of retirement. Um, uh, the MX deal, I made enough money on that not to have to work again. And so uh, he persuaded me to come on board, and I fell in love with the business immediately. The, the, the talent and the expertise and the quality of people that, that Dallas, the team that Dallas had put together um, really was impressive, and it allowed me to uh, sort of you know, come uh, um, and, and, and really get on quickly. Some early uh, some challenges I saw right off the bat were uh, the cost of acquiring customers and our sales structure just weren't in line with a business that could really scale. So we quickly changed our marketing approach. Uh, we trained our frontline employees uh, better and uh, changed a number of things in pricing and, and how we looked at the market and quadrupled sales conversion almost immediately and dropped our cost of acquisition by half. And so if you think about rental, people who rent equipment, you have frequent renters and infrequent renters, and we were treating both the same, and we no longer do that. And at this point, an infrequent renter, when they come to our platform, we make money on the first rental. So that was a fundamental shift in the, in the, of, the, of the threats or sort of the, the challenges right off the bat. In terms of opportunity, as, as you know, Donald, uh, the industry is a $60 billion space in the United States for right. construction rental equipment. And so from our perspective, the types of things that we rent, the types of customers we go after, our addressable market is roughly 13 to 15 billion. So we're basically a round and error, round and error of that opportunity. And so our growth trajectory should be massive over the next three to five years. Wow. You know, you, you mentioned something about the cost of acquiring customers. Uh, what are some of the things you look at to, uh, to, I guess, quantify what it really costs to get a customer? 
So the, the company, because it was, it was initially uh, positioned as an online marketing um, uh, entity, the, the tracking the cost of acquisition really comes down to how much money you spend on marketing, how much money uh, you spend on the frontline people to take the orders, and the cost of the equipment. And so it's a very easy uh, matrix, but you have to have really good attribution to understand uh, which sales channels uh, customers are coming through and, and what the costs are associated with each sales channel. And it's something historically the business hadn't done well early, but we have down to a science at this point. And so we, we can tell you by, by sales or marketing campaign how much money we make or lose today. I, I can tell you that you, know, you really must have, the company must have taken a great step back to, to look at the big picture because I, I don't think many of the rental companies out there even think about what it costs them to acquire a customer, but that's a very valid, valid point. Uh, Move, moving on from there, so what are the types of equipment that people can rent from big rents? And if you can kind of give me a range from the, the large to the small, uh, you know, that type of thing. So, uh, again, I'll, I'll, I'll take this, and then, Keith, maybe if you want to follow up uh, behind me. Um, we, we rent everything from an air compressor to an operated crane and, and everything you can imagine in between. We have about 225 to 250 items on our website. 90 of, 90% of which a customer can come on and rent automatically without having to, to call in and talk to anybody. Um, but our core uh, products are typically scissorless, boomless, uh, forkless, and teller handlers. Um, that represents the, the majority of what we rent, but we will handle earth-moving equipment like skid steers and excavators, um, porta potties storage containers, and so forth. Keith, do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, I was just going to say our kind of bread and butter items are kind of what we call our core four, and we call that scissorless, spoonless, forkless, and telehandlers. But as Scott mentioned, we've also kind of can handle anything from an air compressor all the way to an operated crane. Um, I think in addition to that, one of the things that we're always looking to do is what else should we should we be renting as a group? And so we have a strategic partnerships group that work with all our suppliers across the U.S., and they're looking at you know category expansion projects in terms of site services or um, dumpsters or other projects as that as well. So if, if I'm a local rental company and I get a call for, for someone who wants to rent a crane, which is something really out of my day-to-day operations, uh, could I uh, hook up with big rents to satisfy that customer's needs? Keith, why don't you take that and talk a little bit about the re-rentals and our, our sort of pro-business, that we, uh, how we support suppliers. Yeah, absolutely. So um, essentially, if you were a supplier and you wanted to rent a crane, I mean, first and foremost, we want to make sure that we're doing it safely. So just to be clear, one of the things with that that Scott alluded to is it's going to be an operated crane. Um, and so one of the things that we would need to know is something as big as a crane is, you know, who's renting it? What's their job? Um, are they certified? Do they understand kind of the ins and outs of what goes into actually renting a crane? Um, but kind of the pro business that Scott was alluding to really kind of goes hand in hand with um, actually part of our value prop to suppliers is um, re-rental has been going on within the industry for a number of years. But um, for some of our larger suppliers that are national, um, some of those country companies are spending millions of dollars every year on re-rental. And so what we offer to them is the ability of to always say yes to their customer. So if you did want to call in and rent a boom lift or a scissor lift or whatever it might be that you are currently out of, Big Rents can also help assist with that if 
um, you don't have someone in that in your local market that can assist you with that, or on top of that, if your customer happens to be running outside of your coverage area, but you still want to say yes to them. So you can basically enhance another another rental company's inventory if they get a big order and don't really have the, the backup or the quantity to fulfill it, right? Correct. Yeah, in some ways, it's almost like extending their footprint, you know. So most of the local rental co- companies that we partner with, they do a great job of taking care of their core customers. But there are occasions when maybe their core customers has just gotten a new job that's slightly outside of their territory. Um, we obviously want to make sure that those rental houses are able to completely take care of their customers. And so we would work hand in hand with them to make sure that the company keeps going back to rent from them, but they can also say yes to them at the same time. Gotcha. I understand. I understand. Yeah. So, so tell me this. How, I mean, how does how does it work? What's the actual process to to get set up with big rents? So, Keith, maybe before we jump into how we get set up, maybe just let me tell you how the platform works, and then Keith can maybe elaborate yeah. on how we we build our network and, and get suppliers to be part of us. Um, in simple terms, a customer is going to come to us when they've Googled or, or, or search engined something online about rental equipment. And uh, they come to our platform or website, and there's a quick checkout bar on the top like you'd see at like uh, a Priceline or Expedia. You put the equipment you need, the dates you need it, the job site location, you click book now, and it takes you to the checkout in which you'll see all the costs associated with it. So we're very transparent. You're going to see the, the cost for the equipment. You're going to see the pickup and delivery. You're also going to see tax, environmental, and everything else included. And by the way, there's a 20% discount for booking online. Uh, that, that's in there as well. Or if you're not comfortable doing that, you can pick up the phone on the 1-800 number and talk to uh, rental coordinators that will assist you in finding what you need. Um, assuming that when, once it's booked and payments received, uh, we put it into a queue, which goes out to all our suppliers, and we use a, a software called Quick Rents, which is basically a crowdsourcing platform that goes to all of our supplier network where we have pre-negotiated rates that could service that job site. And um, it's it's gamified like a like an online tool. The, f- the first one to claim it and accept that job is the first one who gets it. And once they do so, everybody else is alerted that the job's been awarded to another supplier, and our purchase order goes directly over. At that point, we we're the full service for the customer. So we, we, we deal with the issues if the equipment doesn't show up on time, if it doesn't function correctly, and coordinate it on the back end with our supplier. Um, but from the customer's perspective, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna handle all their requests and needs. And then in terms of how people get set up with the network, Keith, do you want to talk about the, the supplier network and how suppliers come on board? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when, we, when I actually got started at Big Rents in 2014, we basically went from having uh, 50 suppliers in our network to over 1,200. And so during that time, we basically kind of realized, like, hey, we need to have relationships with that supplier base. And so we hired a team of regional managers, and essentially what they're responsible for is building relationships with suppliers all across the U.S., getting to know them in terms of what fleet they carry, kind of what they specialize in, and basically just growing the partnership between us. And so um, we kind of attack going after adding additional suppliers in various markets in a couple ways. Part of that is through going out and visiting rental houses in person and shaking hands and learning more about their business. Um, Another portion that we'll use email campaigns to basically um, communicate to them the different things we're needing and explain to them how they can get more rental opportunities from big rents. Um, Mm -hmm. And kind of through that journey, there's been a couple different things that have happened as, you know, initially when we kind of started the process, you know, big rents and the concept of an online rental company was brand new. 
And so a big portion of it was explaining who we are versus who we are not and kind of allowing um, them to understand the value prop that we do provide to them. Um, And a big portion of that comes down to the type of customer that comes from us uh, or comes to us. I know Scott just referenced kind of how a customer finds us, but kind of our bread and butter customer is a customer who may have, you know, 200 jobs all the way across the country in Amazon fulfillment centers. And essentially the value that we provide is one location or one one single source for that equipment, one invoice where they can kind of get all their needs met at once. And then the value to the independent supplier is when we're in their market, now we can basically give them opportunity to get a piece of that rental where their footprint prior to that may not actually give them that opportunity. And so as we've kind of, you know, traveled around, become, you know, members of different organizations like the California Rental Association and whatnot, we've started to hear success stories from suppliers where um, they said, you know, hey, at first I didn't really understand the big rents concept. It kind of took me a while to understand, you know, are we competing or are we partners? What does this look like? <laughs> and one guy in particular actually explained to me um, at a CRA event earlier this year where he said, you know, I didn't fully get it until I got a quick rent from you guys. And essentially, uh, the quick rents was for an Amazon fulfillment center that's like two blocks down the street from my office. And he said, I'd had (laughs) sales guys go down to their office multiple times. They couldn't get in with anybody. And ultimately, the guy who actually, you know, was in charge of ordering equipment for that Amazon fulfillment center, he wasn't even ordering out of that office. But then all of a sudden, I signed up with big rents. And now my equipment is there and on site. I'm getting another opportunity that's different from my core customer base. So... It's kind of been a process of kind of, you know, letting people get to know us, letting them see that there can be value behind it. But that's essentially kind of how we go about getting our network of suppliers and working with different partners. You know, the, the whole thing is just amazing to me how you guys have done and how and how well you've done. Uh, always in, in rental, uh, there's always the subject of insurance. And so uh, yep. how does Big Rents and, and the local partner handle that? Scott, do you want to, Keith, you want to tackle that? Yeah. Yeah, so um, essentially the way that we interact with um, all of our suppliers is we're interacting and coming to them as our customer, correct? So um, we are the ones that are providing them with our certificate of insurance. Um, We also require from the end user a certificate of insurance on any piece of equipment that's large. And basically what we classify that is anything that's over a, you know, 80-foot boom, larger than the AK telehandler, different things like that where there's more cost required. Um, But at the end of the day, kind of insurance that we give our suppliers is that, hey, Big Rants is acting as your customer, meaning as if something were to go wrong with your equipment or the end user damages it in any way, shape, or form, Big Rants is going to be the one that is essentially um, interacting with your customer and will basically take care of that for you. So um, a lot of questions or a lot of times in the beginning that question came up often, but I think, again, as you build that relationship, this industry is really, really big on relationships, which I think which is what we love about it. Um, people start to kind of get that assurance and understanding of, okay, Big Rants is going to be a good partner to me and vice versa. So, I mean, along that way, just as we're talking, I'm thinking about Damage Waiver, for example, you know, and uh, some some of your partners uh, require their contractor to have the uh, a COI in place beforehand, or, or what issues have you come up with Damage Waiver along the way? Does everybody have to have a COI? Yeah, so some some of the some of the suppliers require a, a COI, but if anything, most of the majority of the time. Our COI qualifies. Um, the only kind of loophole in that is, 
occasionally certain suppliers will ask us to list them as additionally insured on the insurance form. But right. outside of that, um, there really hasn't been a whole lot of like, hiccups or hindrances with damage waivers. Um, we have a claims department here internally, so if there is a damage, um, suppliers can submit that to the claims department. We ask that they provide pictures and kind of evidence of what took place, and then we kind of you know just handle it from there. And like I said, at the end of the day, we're interacting with the suppliers, the customers, and um, without their kind of partnership across the board, whether it be damages or delivering on time or overall customer service, if we don't have kind of that network and those partners, then we don't have a business. So we really kind of rely heavily on making sure that we maintain that partnership. Right. And, so, and so you're obviously the primary carrier uh, on every rental. Am I right to assume that? That's correct. That's yeah. correct, Donald. Correct. We are. Yes. Okay. Okay. So let's get into another area about pricing. You've got uh, partners all over the country and, uh, how does how do you all set the pricing? Do you all set it? Does a partner set it, or how does that that part of the system work? It's one of the things. This is Scotty, and it's one of the things yeah. I did when I came on board. Is we went to go back and look at all the data we had accumulated in the first five years of, of operation, and we, we've gone through millions of data sets. Um, to look at um, how to price appropriately in the marketplace, both from what uh, we should be paying to our supplier and what we should be charging the end customer. And if you think about it, we're not here to disrupt the industry. We're here to be good partners, and we act as a sales and marketing arm for small to mid-sized uh, rental companies to, that can't compete with the, the large national companies that have a bigger footprint. So um, we charge a market-based price, so we're never going to be the lowest. We're never going to be the highest. We're going to be kind of right where we should be. And uh, we have broken down the entire United States down to every square kilometer. And so every square kilometer has a different, potentially different price that can be charged based on market rates. Um, we generally cluster those into three to five different, uh, different prices because they, they kind of all seem to fit. Um, on the supplier side, uh, we did kind of the same thing. We looked at what the market uh, will bear in terms of re-rentals. And we tier it uh, from a from a scale of basically one through nine, and really work closely with the with the, the rental partners to show them where they need to be in order to compete. And uh, so we it's a it's a partnership, um, not just in word but in actual deed of following through and giving them the information they need to be hyper competitive. And then it's up to them if they really want to grow their business that way. Um, price really hasn't been a problem for us. I think. By sharing the information and sitting down with suppliers and customers, they generally understand it. And uh, we t- our, our margin is on the lower end of uh, where the industry is. So if you look at like the large companies in the space, their EBITDA margins are in the high 40s. We're much smaller than that. And so we're, we're, we, add, we add value, but we're not really uh, doing it at the expense of either the customer or the supplier. Well, especially because you don't have the depreciation in EBITDA, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly right. So I, I'm presuming that you also have some national accounts to set pricing for contractor ABC who does work all over the country. I know all the, the bigger companies, you know, the Uniteds and Hertz of the world, they have national accounts, and so they promise that the same price will be anywhere they go. Do you guys have that kind of a setup too? We, we do. And so one of the fastest growing parts of our business is our national accounts, sort of enterprise level that we sold a solution. And it might be helpful if I can maybe describe one of our larger customers to you um, to kind of yeah. give you an idea of, of, of really the value that we do. I can't use them by name, but the, the company uh, supports installation and maintenance 
of technology equipment in in retail stores like Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, and so forth. And they send technicians all over the place to, uh, to get to this equipment. And occasion, very often they need to get aerial equipment to get into those obscure locations where the equipment's actually held. And this company... Um, before they used us, would source equipment with a local supplier every time they went to a new market. And so <laughs> you can imagine they spent large periods of time making phone calls to determine where the, where the equipment was located, the price, the availability, and so forth. And since working with us just in the last two and a half years, um, we fulfilled over 4,000 job site locations, uh, uh, equipment for them um, in, over, in every, every one of the 50 uh, uh, states, uh, including District of Columbia and Can- uh, Canada as well. And so we've become their one-stop shop for all their rental equipment needs, and we've used over 250 unique suppliers, uh, rental partners, to basically fulfill those orders. So they would have had to have 250 oh. relationships to replicate what we did, and you can just imagine the accounting, uh, this the logistics uh, headache of basically dealing with that many people. And so we, we internally referred to these types of cus- companies of those that have rental logistics challenges, and that's a fairly typical profile of our uh, customer targets. Um, additionally, we'll consolidate on the other end of the market the small to mid-sized contractors that aren't big enough and don't spend enough to qualify for discounts with the larger rental companies. So that's kind of our sweet spot, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, as as a contractor, I shudder to think setting up 250 accounts with 250 suppliers with uh, uh, credit account applications and certificates of insurance and the whole nine yards. So you guys, you know, really make it a lot easier for for contractors. Is the way I look at it. I agree with you. We just take that headache and hassle and and time and expense. If you, if, in a simpler way to think of it, is maybe we're the procurement arm of a, a lot of these these, these customers, um, so they don't have to do that work. Right. So, what what has been the reception uh, by Big Rents? I mean, how how have you been received by suppliers? I know your network's growing, but uh, how do you see other rental companies looking at you guys? And even from the from the customer standpoint, I know you're providing a great service for them. But what has been the feedback? Keith, you want to take the suppliers, and maybe I'll take customers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, like I said, I think it's been a process. So I think initially starting out, you know, tech company, online, re-rental, I think, um, Donald, you know well that being in the industry for a while that there's a bit of a stigma that comes with re-rental, right? And so um, one of the things, the hurdles that we had to kind of get past is, um, I kind of say this jokingly, but the notion that, you know, big rents is, you know, three guys in the boxers sitting in the basement somewhere trying to, you know, hack together some re-rentals for, you know, a few bucks here and there. And I think a big portion of kind of explaining our value prop and having people actually understand who big rents is and that we actually want to go and partner has come through relationships. And so, um, like you said, in kind of like my introduction is I started out, you know, in the Northeast and the East coast meeting with suppliers and, um, getting to know them and their families and kind of understanding their business because a lot of these businesses have been passed down from generation to generation. And then, from there, after we kind of like build a relationship, then also talking about, hey, here's the value that big rents can provide and them actually seeing either the transactions or volume of rentals that big rents is able to send them or the revenue on top of that. Um, I think that's been kind of one of the big hurdles. I think also with that, us going in and saying like, hey, you know, like Scott mentioned earlier, we're not here to disrupt. We're here to kind of partner with you. And I think 
the best way to kind of describe it or think of it is really kind of acting as that sales and marketing channel to provide them essentially another stream of business um, that truthfully a lot of people hadn't tapped into before and wasn't really a priority in terms of who they were going after. And I think that kind of is really clear with the type of customer that Scott described in terms of kind of who is our, our target or bread and butter type customer. That has traditionally been a sector within um, the industry that's kind of been neglected or not focused on. And now, rather than having all these rental houses having to deal with, you know, a large amount of these different contractors who are renting, you know, smaller aerial lifts or different things like that, they basically get all bundled into one under Big Rent's umbrella, and now they just get to deal with us. So I think there's a lot of value there. And again, I think it's taken at least the last, you know, four years for us to kind of explain that and also prove, hey, we, we want to kind of be a part of the industry, not something that kind of, you know, creates risks or, you know, disrupts it. Right. But, but Scott, before we jump to, to the customer side, I want to, you mentioned something about the, the generational side and uh, with so many younger people being in the industry these days, second and third generation folks, have they been easier to yeah. sell than, than the first generation guys, or the dad who's still around and the son's running the business and he says, oh, I don't know if that's the right thing for us. You know, how's that been received? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think it's both and, you know what I mean? I mean, obviously there's, I mean, I think you come across groups of people who, hey, I've been doing it this way for however long I've been doing it and I'm okay, it's working for me and that's totally fine. And again, like Scott mentioned, it's, it's really the supplier's choice whether or not they want to partner with us. Some people may have completely different goals or visions for their company in terms of how they want to rent out their equipment and we're totally okay with that. I think the way that we've really seen the shift is, generationally to your point is just in terms of the amount of people that are engaging, interacting with either devices, being your cell phone, your tablet, your computer, um, as kind of this next generation kind of comes into the workforce, they're kind of almost accustomed and used to interacting with their cell phone, whether it's, hey, you know, when I want something um, for my house, I order it on Amazon.com. And so there's kind of this proficiency that's kind of bleeding into the workforce where they're already very comfortable interacting online, understanding how technology works. And so where we've really seen the most success is kind of that blend within generations where, sure. hey, yes, we've built a great business for our family and we've been running this for years, but hey, maybe my son is coming up in this industry as well. And, you know, hey, I came across this new company and is there a way to make it work for both sides? Because, again, if I'm running a business, obviously I want to be profitable and make money. But if there's an opportunity for, you know, a thousand more rentals from this new technology platform called Big Rents Online, well, maybe it makes sense based on the volume to go invest in some more assets because now I know there's a guaranteed um, flow of, a, of business that will keep my equipment on rent and kind of renting out to customers from a different um I guess, uh, customer type, you could say. Yeah, I mean, utilization and ROI is what it's all about at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's kind of what is, I kind of expected. Uh, so, Scott, tell me about the customer side. Yeah, I think it's. I think Keith hit on the right points. I think uh, people have become accustomed. It really cuts across all generations. Um, even, even my folks uh, who are in the later stages of their life use Amazon and purchasings online. And I think it's just more common, and, and our timing was probably good. I think the, our industry was maybe uh, a l- slightly behind maybe some others. And when big rents came along, it, you're starting to see a, a pretty big conversion um, and acceptance of like the, you know, our online portal. Um, I think, you know, from the early stages of customers, they wanted to see if we had staying power. There, there are a number of 
startup like us uh, basically from you know 2004 through 2012 and and all of them are gone um, but we it's it's really not um, we're not a couple guys, you know, in, in our boxers. I think Keith was Keith's example earlier, trying to scrape up some rentals. We are a, a technology company, um, you know, with 70 employees and uh, professional uh, process and structure. And the proof is in the pudding. Uh, customers are, 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 our existing customers are growing between 30 and 40% uh, revenue year over year. Um, and uh, they're very sticky and get them, you know, more meaningful and starting to integrate uh, both systems and processes with our company. And so there's, a, there's an acceptance uh, once co- companies have an opportunity to kind of see the value that we offer. Sure. If you wanted to have a business where you could work in your boxes, you could have a radio show at your house like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so uh, how, how much of the business uh, is repeat business? About 70% of our business um, is repeat business, and uh, the other 30% is either comes through uh, new digital channels or traditional uh, enterprise sales. Okay. And at this stage, uh, how many partners or yards or suppliers, whatever you consider them to be called, are, are in your network? So we have over 2,000 uh, rental partners, and that represents uh, well over 8,000 uh, rental yards across the United States. And that, uh, within that partnership, the vast majority of those are independent rental companies um, or even mid-sized uh, companies that maybe have a few locations. And we have a, a, a couple of the majors, um, but they're, the, at this point, the smallest part of our network. And, and you mentioned earlier something about uh, you're in Canada also. I thought it was just the United States initially. Uh, we, we have supported customers that have had needs in Canada. C- Canada, we will actually expand to uh, sometime over the next year, year and a half. Um, one of the things I'd love, you know, Canada is an, an obvious extension. Puerto Rico, we get a lot of requests there as well. Um, there are there are plans in the future to, uh, to start to grow internationally. All right, so that's kind of the next frontier, uh, so to speak. Yes. So, uh, is there any part of the country that's been more receptive to big rents? Uh, you know, here in the South, we're, we're pretty slow to, to catch on. It usually takes something that starts on the West Coast a year or so before it comes to, to the South. And so uh, where is most of your business coming from? So the, the vast majority of our business is going to look like construction uh, uh, activity anywhere else. So it's going to be, you know, California, Texas, Florida, New York, uh, North Carolina is booming for us, Tennessee, all the areas you see, uh, you know, real good growth from a from a te- uh, from a construction, and or just you know general econ- economic um, situation. Um, we, we know we cover everything in the United States. We'll do uh, rentals in the middle of nowhere, um, Utah or Oklahoma, um, and we'll do them in New York City. Um, I, and and I take a very um, uh, pleasant view of Southerners <laughs> in terms because I have uh, some family from the South, if North Carolina is still considered part of the South. And, Absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> and uh, I, I think our issue there, um, and, and Keith, you can elaborate if you have anything else to say about it, is, is, yeah. is more the limitation of number of suppliers because the, the larger uh, couple um, uh, companies in our space really did a good job acquiring and uh, merging those companies into their own. And so, uh, but we've, we've definitely have blanket coverage uh, throughout the Southeast 
including Louisiana, uh, you know, Alabama, and uh, in the, the panhandle of Florida as well. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I'd, I'd made that. So I think originally when we started, I mean, obviously we're based in Southern California, and so our strength of network was kind of started here because it's in our backyard. But um, since we've gone out and basically since 2014 and started to build those relationships, there really hasn't been any group of suppliers in a specific region that have been more apprehensive or less open. I think we've kind of interacted with both in every kind of market and it's just kind of grown and grown. And I think, again, the more reputable Big Rants has become as a brand and people, you know, referring us to friends and, you know, we've heard stories of different guys, you know, from the same, you know, Caterpillar dealer who, you know, we were working with um, one that covered Michigan and not one that covered Indiana. And essentially, you know, two, uh, two of their employees were at lunch together, and one of them got an opportunity on his cell phone for quick rents and basically claimed it and said, ah, I just got an 80-foot boom rental. That was great. And he said, well, what's that all about? You're getting, you know, rentals on your phone now? And then he kind of introduced his coworker to quick rents, and, you know, sure enough, he called us up and got on board as well. I think, if anything, um, where we've kind of, you know, seen kind of uh, our coverage kind of grow and expand, and it's really kind of just seen as more as an opportunity has been through the South because obviously when the recession hit, a lot of, you know, businesses were went out of business or were kind of uh, gobbled up, like um, Scott mentioned, by kind of the larger rental houses. But um, since kind of that initial year of 2014, our coverage has kind of grown and expanded in those territories as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, we're, we're blessed with a good economy down here, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Sure. What, what, what type of customers or organization or even projects, does it make the most sense to rent from big rents? I mean, you, you mentioned like your largest customer, but uh, who else? Yeah, I, I think we our, 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 our swim lane is really non-industrial, um, non-residential construction. So, um, you know, uh, maintenance uh, on, con, you know, uh, commercial buildings um, is really a sweet spot for us. I mentioned the, the type of customer that gets into retail locations. Um, but we do everything. We, we have a company, a uh, larger a customer that builds uh, strip malls across the United States and does the stucco work there. So that's a perfect customer for us. Uh, data cable and people, uh, painters, um, uh, telecommunication companies. We do a lot of that with, uh, with booms and, uh, and cranes where they're building towers or getting on a rooftop uh, to do either maintenance or brand new cell site uh, builds um, and everything kind of in between. See, I, on the show I did the other day, I, I talked about the uh, the timeline of a construction project from foundation to construction to interior to finishing. And do you find yourselves uh, working with those contractors from start to finish and supplying the equipment throughout? I, I think we supply equipment throughout the entire process, maybe not in the one location. Um, you know, a lot of people have different relationships. If you think about a big project, you might have – multiple subs on that, and they'll have their relationship with their own rental companies. So certainly we, 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 we touch uh, the beginning of the process, but I would say we're more on the, the, the back end or the maintenance side of, of uh, construction build. So if there was a, a specific industry that you're tied to, I mean, do you guys uh, get hooked up with like FEMA or any pipeline con- construction work or anything like that? We, we don't work with FEMA, but, you know, what's, what's interesting is we really support other rental company, companies when, when a natural disaster like where FEMA is going to be involved occur. So um, if you think about like the hurricanes down in, in the Gulf Coast the last couple of years, 
um, we, we wouldn't necessarily, you know, jump in or help the government, but a lot of rental companies then re-rent equipment from us. And, you know, we're obviously to support the, the cleanup and, and, and rebuild process as well. I see. I see. So, uh, as far as the, the, the process goes from the contractor side, do you find that contractors or whoever the project manager might be, are they moving from calling to booking online for the discounts? And do you guys have an app or where are you finding the comfort zone uh, from the customer base? Yeah, so I think our, our adoption, Donald, has been in, impressive. Uh, about 40% of our rentals are booked through our website or, and or our portal. And that, that by far is ahead of the entire industry. Even if you look at the largest providers um, and their utilization is, is significantly below that of, of technology. And I think a lot of it stems from the fact that we, that's how we're introduced to the customer. And we are a technology company, so we're kind of starting the relationship in a digital manner as opposed to a more traditional face-to-face. Um, you know, somebody used to go into the branch, and then they start calling. But for us, you're, you're introduced to our website immediately. And, yes, we, ha- we have the website, um, and you can use it on your phone just like an app. You don't, we don't have an app. You basically pull the website up, and it's app-like in its appearance and how it functions on your browser on your phone, which is convenient because it's one less app you have to download. And how do you guys market yourselves to the contractors? I mean, like all the all the big companies have national account salesmen or regional salesmen or something like that to make these calls day to day on these contractors. Uh, how does how does Big Rents market themselves to ABC Construction Company? So most of our marketing is going to be online and. Uh, we, we spend millions and millions of dollars on, on advertisement and uh, developing content um, on the World Wide Web. So it, we have um, the keywords that we track online. There are about 15 to 16 million searches of those keywords on an annual basis. So a contractor or you know, a company is going to find us by searching um, through Google or another browser, and they're going to come across something related to big rents to get them on our website. And that's, that's the initial contact is usually that way. We have uh, an enterprise solutions sales team today. We didn't traditionally have that. And so we also will market um, to specific type customers and have those salespeople solicit those customers directly. But we're never going to have uh, uh, field uh, reps or more like the more traditional um, uh, sales you would see in, in, in the space because we, we don't want to set the wrong tone with our, with our supplier our partners and we don't want to give them the impression that we're going after local rentals that really are theirs. We're looking for the subset of the greater market that's a 13 to $15 billion subset I talked about earlier. We're very narrowly focused on that because I think that's where we drive the most value to our suppliers and we're bringing them um, you know, revenue opportunities they wouldn't otherwise get. Do you, do you see yourselves moving into some of the niche markets like uh, office, office uh, portable offices, storage containers? Uh, there's, there's a bunch of niche companies out there that kind of another support of uh, two contractors. Do you see yourselves moving in that, that direction also? Absolutely. So one of the things, um, you know, for, for 2019 is going to be a banner year for the company. And you should expect to see some announcements here in the next two to three months um, in, ter- in terms of M&A. And we're absolutely 100% uh, getting into storage containers, porta potties um, dumpsters, um, and, and those sort of niche services. Uh, there's a significant demand for it. Um, there's a large search volume online for it. 
and we're, we're re-engineering our software systems to be able to support that type of rental. Um, and so, yes, this year we're, we're absolutely going to jump into that in a, in a big way. So you, you mentioned some potential M&A stuff. Uh, your prediction for the heavy equipment uh, rental market for 2019, is it going to continue? Yeah, so for, for the overall industry, I, um, I would project uh, growth, albeit much slower than 2018. And I think that's generally the consensus is, is uh, overall rental growth in like the 3 to 4% range for 2019. It's 2020, I think people are really nervous about. The, 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 you know, I know it's kind of far out there, but the consensus is basically a flat to maybe even a slight decline for the overall industry. That said, where Big Rents is value and what we're doing, uh, we expect we're going to grow almost 90% year over year. And wow. I would expect that to continue into in the next year too. We're, um, we're so small, we should be incrementally growing at a much higher rate than the, than, than the industry itself. But overall, I think it's going to, and for rental rates, I think they'll be flat uh, to a slight increase for 2019 as well. Right. And so do you have a target number of partners uh, that you'd like to have or a certain revenue target that you said 90% growth year over year or a certain number of customers that you want to get or just how big can big rents get? Well, our, our vision, Donald, uh, uh, is to be the, the lead in online equipment rental solution. And, and we're not too far off from being there. But in order to fulfill that vision by 2030, we want to have revenues of half a billion and a market wow. cap of basically a billion. That's sort of our growth plan over the next decade. Um, you're going to see that in order to get that M&A um, expansion internationally, I mentioned Canada, Mexico would be logical, parts of Asia Pacific, and maybe even parts of South America as well, where they have similar fragmented rental markets. Um, and so that, that's our overall goal and where we really want to be is, is in a half a billion range. We have quite a way to get there, but if we have the kind of 2019 that I think we're going to have, we're going to be three to five years uh, um, ahead of our plan, which is a good place to be. So, so where do you see yourselves in the next three to five years? Tripling your business? Uh, uh, yes, definitely triple our business. Um, more, more than triple our business. I, I, this year we're going to basically double from last year. I would say uh, somewhere in the range, uh, uh, to give you a more concrete answer, I think by, by 2020, uh, somewhere uh, between 125 and 175 million, depending on uh, M&A activity. And, and do you see this going with the same product lines that have been your, uh, I guess, your strong point in the material handling and the aerial equipment side? I think there's definitely continued areas to grow there. Um, one of the reasons we're, we're looking at um, some of the niche uh, sectors you talked about before was there's, I think there's a big opportunity for growth there as well. Um, you know, we're going to need to get into eventually, and it's a, it's a bit more of a difficult sale to automate, um, but we're going to need to get into some of the specialty work, um, you know, power trench uh, generators at some point as well. Um, but we have, we have a significant market in front of us to grow, even in our current niches that we, we fulfill today. And, and what would you say is a, is a typical rental period? Is it typically one-month rentals, or some of them go six and 12 months, which your partner must love, not having to touch anything? <laughs> Uh, we we you know we do all the above. I want to say somewhere between fifty uh, about fifty percent of our rentals are are, are short term, you know, uh, day to less than a week, and then um, about thirty percent maybe weekly, and then the other twenty thirty percent would be uh, monthly rentals. It may extend. By the way, we have projects that have sat out there for years. Um, uh-huh. So it it really depends on the end user and what they're using it for, and and, and we can 
we can fulfill all of the above. Wow. I mean, I, I, I think somebody would be crazy not to partner up with you. That's just me not being in the rental business, but if I was had a, still had a location, I'd, I'd jump at the chance, you know. Uh, <laughs> what else can... What what else can the partners do to help make big rents better? You know, I, I think adoption of technology. I think the, the 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 one of the the areas where I think we can continue to improve is visibility uh, to available equipment, and uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of suppliers either um, don't have systems or don't use them to the full capability. So, you know, if they want to know if something's, you know, available, they stick their head out the door and see if it's sitting on the, on the, on the lot. And uh, to the extent that they can use uh, GPS and uh, real-time asset tracking, I think will help them run their businesses more efficiently and effective. And then we get the, the benefit of that is being able to take the you know, person out of the middle and let systems talk to each other and, you know, reserve equipment. I think that's sort of the next step of big rents. And when we get to that point, you know, look out. <laughs> well, and, and that brings up a, the subject of software, and, and I guess what you're talking about is that big rent software being able to talk to one of their probably 12 to 15 different software packages that a typical rental store can go to right now. Do you That's see right. some integration there? Absolutely, and and so we're not a competitive threat to those software platforms. We we want to work with them um, because if and, and if. There's a universal way to do that. Um, you know, we're willing to sort of partner with just about anybody. And I know there's a lot of options. Um, you know, there's, there's one platform that handles the, the top three or four largest companies, and there's another platform that has, you know, 60 70% market share of the small guys. And I think, you know, it's in everybody's interest to work together because we're really adding value to the, the, the same customer of the software company that's selling to them too. And so I think there's going to be opportunities over the next couple of years to work, you know, more closely together in that initiative. I think anytime you can reduce the amount of paper flow between companies, that, that you're ahead of the game. And I, I, I sense that that's the direction that you hope to go in the future. Exactly. And it takes error. It takes, it just takes, it just productivity goes up. It's just so much less expensive for everybody involved. Sure. Well, yeah, for both sides, obviously. Uh, so let me ask you this. What do you, how would you define success? You've taken a company uh, from zero to, to the level that you are now, and I know there's got to have been some painstaking moments along the way. No business uh, has that kind of a success without uh, bleeding a little bit here and there. And I don't mean financially, but just the pains of, of uh, the type of business. So how do you define success? Well, we definitely have our bruises and scrapes. Um, you're right. No, no business makes it um, without a, a lot of, um, you know, heartache along the way. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't even measure it in a monetary way in terms of success. I look at it, do we, do we continue to add real value to customers and our suppliers? Um, and if, if we don't, we're not successful. And if we do, the, the financial element take, takes care of itself. And so everything that we do here is through that prism. Um, can I make my customer's life easier? Can I make my supplier's life easier? Can I drive uh, profitability and more revenue opportunities to our suppliers? And if the answer is not yes, we're not successful. Well, there's obviously something to be learned by the, uh, the business model that you guys have created. Uh, well, I think that kind of brings us to the end, end of the show, and I certainly want to th- uh, thank you, Scott and Keith, 
you know, for your time and, and taking the time from your busy schedules uh, to talk with me today. Uh, I hope we can do it again sometime, and I, I know I'll be seeing you guys at the ARA show, and I uh, look forward to that uh, that beer that we talked about, okay? <laughs> Absolutely. Look forward to it, and thank you again. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Oh, glad to. So to my listeners, remember, you can always listen on demand, or if you have a, uh, a show that you want, uh, let me know. I can, I can help you. Uh, I hope some of the show today helped either provoke some questions or for the success of your business, there certainly were some things that uh, Scott and Keith talked about that you should look at internally. Uh, my scheduled guest for next week, February the 6th, will be an executive from the National Equipment Register, better known as the NER. Uh, have you registered your equipment? So again, if you'd like to be a guest, suggest a guest, advertise, or have a question, please keep writing to me at rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. Uh, my, my quote for the day the bitterness of poor quality of service remains long after the sweetness of a low price is forgotten. So this is Donald Charbonnet, call me the diehard of the rental industry. Be safe and good renting. Good day. Thank you for tuning in to Rental Equip Talk Radio. Be sure to join your host, Donald Charbonnet, next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week. Genie Aerial Pros is one of the most comprehensive industry websites focused on safety and standards, service, and new products and applications. The Genie Aerial Pros site features experts in aerial and rental markets with five decades of experience and shared knowledge. You'll also get information on upcoming industry and company events, videos, training, and more. The Genie Aerial Pros website is available on a wide variety of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or through our own website at genielift.com. The Genie Z60-37FE Boom Lift is at the forefront of true hybrid technology. It is actually two machines in one that can be used for both indoor and outdoor applications. The Genie difference is a lower cost of operation and cleaner performance. The Genie 60-37FE Boom Lift is more fuel efficient, driven by high efficiency AC motors, which means lower emissions too. Check out the Genie FE difference today. Visit genielift.com. Genie Genuine Parts undergo testing on long-term durability and reliability, which means higher equipment resale values and warranties for you. You don't want to waste time and money on generic parts or even counterfeit parts, especially in the long run. Genie Genuine Parts are factory fitted and field tested to the highest of standards, which means more machine uptime. We also have free ground freight on orders of $750 or more from our two parts warehouses. Go to genielift.com to find out more. Have you tried the new generation of Genie XC Booms? The XC stands for extra capacity, and with new technology in the design, the Genie XC Booms carry a higher load with dual capacity capability, compliant to global industry standards. Save time while you increase productivity. The new Genie XC Booms are common in design, parts, and accessories for easier servicing. For more information about the Genie family of XC Boom lifts, 
visit genielift.com. That's genielift.com.